0: Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place.
1: Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer
2: Guide Car Stuff Podcast.
1: Here's your host. Tom Appel.
2: All right. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Hey, thanks for joining us today. When you have a chance, please give us a visit at ConsumerGuide.com. When you are there, please check out our 2021 Best Buy picks. This list is an excellent starting place if you are shopping for a new car or crossover. You will also want to check out our blog for complete reviews of all the vehicles we're driving here at Consumer Guide, plus all sorts of other fun auto-related stuff. And if you have missed an episode or two of the Car Stuff podcast, you can stream back episodes right there on our homepage. Of course you want to do that. If you have questions or comments for me or for Damon or for Jill, drop us a line at carstuff at ConsumerGuide.com. That is carstuff at ConsumerGuide.com all right let's see who is online with us today she is the managing editor of pickup truck plus suv talk and her freelance work can be found all over the internet she is jill simonillo hey jill hello how are you
3: i am doing very well today how are you
2: i i'm did i mention my toothache last week
3: you did not mention your toothache
2: okay well it's been a week but i'm getting it fixed tomorrow we don't need to talk about it but that's how i am
3: Got it. Uh, so pretty crappy, then, is what I'm hearing.
2: Eh, not good. Not good. <laughs>
3: okay. But I, I
2: sound okay. like I'm smiling, right? Do I sound...
3: You, you, you. yes. No, actually, you kind of sound like you're gritting your teeth, frankly.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, darn it. All right. I know. Hey, he's the senior editor here at Consumer Guide, and his new business, Tragic Topiary, will transform your hedges into living frescoes of history's greatest battles. Welcome, David Bell. <laughs>
0: Man, that is a lot of words. You, How many times did <laughs> you practice that? Nice delivery. Thank you. Tragic topiary. That's a tongue twister in and of itself. Yeah,
2: I've been looking at your e-brochure. Nice work, sir.
0: High concept, in <laughs> fact today. Well done. Hey, oh. so are you, you going to be put, uh, so you're getting the toothache fixed tomorrow, you say? Yeah, tomorrow morning. Are you going to be put under for that?
2: No, I don't think so. Oh, all right. Oh, well. If I am, <laughs> if I am, I won't see you later tomorrow.
0: Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yes. Oh, you may or may or may not have anesthesia tomorrow.
2: I hadn't thought of that. I was just counting on a half day
0: tomorrow. Yeah, I when I kept, when I had my wisdom teeth taken out, I, that was the first time I was ever put under, and oh, yeah, it was it was an experience. I'll
2: keep you posted. Basically, <laughs> because, if you don't hear from me, I'm not coming in. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh man! All right. Our guest today is Mark Savino. He is, uh, he is of Kia, and he's here to tell us all about the new Kia Sorento midsize crossover. This is a really nice cross, a really nice crossover. You don't want to miss this conversation. But kids, guys, I learned something yesterday. Just one thing.
3: Wait, you learned
2: yep. something? Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling I'm feeling smug about it. <laughs> okay. So so I'm listening to Detroit Auto Line Daily which I do daily. Daily? Oh, yeah, and I learned a new term, uh disengagements per 1000 miles.
3: Mm. You heard of that?
0: I have not heard of that.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a like a little number for that like DPK or something but it it is basically <laughs> a measure a testing measure of the performance of autonomous vehicles. And apparently these autonomous vehicle companies have to report to the states in which they're doing testing how they're doing and their progress. So I've got numbers here. They're meaningless to me, but they're worth knowing. Waymo, the autonomous company that used to be part of Google, it's still part of Google, 0.033 disengagements per 1,000 miles. And cruise automation, very close, 0.035 I don't know what those numbers mean, but there you go.
0: Is that just.
3: I think that's. That
0: sounds like disengagement would suggest to me that's when an autonomous system has to click off so a human driver can take over momentarily.
2: Yes, that's exactly what that is. So obviously, a takeover means something went wrong, a driver had to take over, so they're not quite there yet. Other numbers provided, and I don't know if these mean anything. Lyft, that's the ride hailing service. Uh, also trying to get into the autonomous business, 3.75. So that's a 1,000 times more engagement. Mm. Yes. Mm. So uh, if you're looking for an autonomous stock, maybe you back away from Lyft, I don't know.
3: (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe go with Waymo. (laughs) Yeah, maybe.
2: I don't know. I don't know anything about their balance sheets. Do not take stock advice (laughs) from me. Hmm. So, Damon. Yes. Damon, it is cold as heck outside right now
0: it really is and and as as is usually the case somehow in early february and if you're an auto writer uh, the the early february always means the chicago auto show when yeah. fr- the frigid temps and chicago auto show always seem to arrive at the exact yeah. same time
3: so, exactly
0: <laughs> Mother Nature was keeping its schedule, but unfortunately COVID means that the Chicago Auto Show was not able to keep its schedule for obvious reasons um, with the pandemic. So we have to just pour one out a little bit for the Chicago Auto Show uh, in February this year. Uh, On their website, they've got uh, Spring 2021
2: we know we had dave sloan of the chicago auto show on air with us recently and and um we had uh, mark bielick as well from the chicago auto show they had plans they meant to do it it just wasn't meant to be and our hats are off to them for for the 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 efforts they were making to get us an auto show now but uh hopefully we'll see one later in the year but one of the things about the timing of the auto show and we mentioned the cold because it seems to always be cold or we're dealing with the worst (laughs) blizzard of that winter
0: exactly
2: (laughs) there is is something awesome about standing on the upper level of the grand concourse at at, at mccormick place looking looking out over the lake during a blizzard
0: yes mm-hmm. and those gigantic mccormick place windows you just get this panoramic movie screen view of it often you can go to that one spot where you're overlooking lakeshore drive as well and yeah you <laughs> more often than not when you're at the mccormick place for the chicago auto show you will be able to witness a wonderful blizzard uh, from those gigantic <laughs> windows and,
3: yeah
2: that is as close as i've come to feeling like a successful supervillain, just standing there <laughs> Just take me to the storm. I like to imagine that the storm was my of my
0: making. Of your making, some sort yeah. of weather weather control device. So uh, do you do you tent your fingers while you're looking out the window, too, and just <laughs> in this sinister fashion? thus creeping <sighs> out passers by?
2: What can I, I doing? If I didn't in the past, I will in the future. Chuckle
0: menacingly to yourself <laughs> and say stuff like, it's all falling into place.
2: <laughs> well, wow, yeah. you've
0: like scripted
2: me for next year
0: yeah there we go what all right
2: <laughs> hey, jill yes yeah we didn't get to this story last week but ford ford made a little bit of news
3: yeah ford ford did a thing last week um so you, again because this is typically the time of the chicago auto show you see um some new vehicle news coming out around this time and um, we discussed one of those things last week but the other thing that came out was the ford raptor the 2021 version so this is the all-new ford f-150 and then their performance version of the raptor and by performance i mean desert driving off-road oriented yeah. jumping yeah. catching air going fast <laughs> uh, truck and uh, the the really interesting thing that happened here is pretty much everybody thought that when they launched this Raptor, it would have a V8 engine. There were spy right. shots, there were spy engine sounds, there were, and everybody thought that at launch the Raptor would have a V8 to compete with the um, Ram TRX, which also came out for this year, and that that has a Hellcat engine in it, Um, it's detuned to deliver 702 horsepower. And uh, there were several of us who figured that the the Raptor would get the uh, supercharged version of the V8 engine that's also in the uh, Shelby GT500. And womp womp, it has an EcoBoost engine. So it's basically the same engine that they had. We don't have the horsepower or the torque ratings yet. They haven't released that. Um, But there is hope on the horizon. Uh, because they dropped a little bit of a tidbit of information at the end of uh, the the reveal, saying that Raptor R is a thing and it's coming next year. And I did get confirmation from Ford, from directly from Don McKenzie, that that will have a V eight engine. So we have to wait an oh. extra year, hmm. but and it what will be. to
2: What you said about spy sound? Were there people with microphones yeah. to exhaust pipes?
3: Yeah. Yeah, like, oh. or, or they ca- they caught it on uh, driving on the street, and they were like sticking their phones or microphones out the window behind the truck, catching sound.
2: <laughs> yeah, and everybody
3: who... everybody thought it was a V eight.
2: Yeah, for people who don't know, the, the pulsing of a of a V six engine and a V eight engine can be very different, and if you yeah. know what you're listening for, you can sometimes tell the difference. Not always.
0: Mm hmm. And the yeah, there certainly has one of them brawniest sounding v6s but still uh yeah not the same sound as a v8 i'll be curious to uh, we know the obviously the last generation raptor had uh 450 horsepower version of that twin turbo mm-hmm. 35 v6 um i think we can probably it's a, probably a very safe bet that the new 2021 raptor v6 will have at least 500 horsepower but we'll we'll see yeah. what that is yeah, here's well, the
2: thing about that. The last Raptor with, with what did you say, Damon? 450 horsepower? 450, yep. Yeah, it felt plenty fast. It was not wanting <laughs> for <per> power in <laughs> any We're way. talking
0: yeah. about how, how, how can 450 horsepower possibly be insufficient? But, yeah, that's somehow right? deficient, yeah.
2: But the yeah. thing about that and the thing about the Raptor is the last Raptor started under $55,000. The Ram TRX, yep. which is a bold which is a bold vehicle to drive uh starts at $70,000 so you're looking at a right. huge price advantage for the Ford and I'm not sure that this is a bad thing and they can bring out this R to go head to head with the KRX right. and they've got 15 grand to play with
0: exactly yeah here, here's the, here's the point I want to want to make about these vehicles too and I'm I'm dating myself here but I did that in high school did you, uh, did uh, you really? yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah, whole Sorry. I went to
2: prom alone. It was kind of sad. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> but but when I was in high school, uh, it, it, the the shootouts and the and the performance vehicle arms race that I cared about was Camaro and Mustang. Yeah,
3: that
0: that just seems almost quaint now. Like this is <laughs> this is where. I- everyone's energies are Uh, I don't know if it doesn't seem like General Motors has got an off-road super truck uh, in its future product plans but this arms race between the Raptor and the TRX that seems to have taken the place of the old uh, pony car uh, you know rivalries of uh, you know 20 and 30 and 40 years ago I mean the entire previous you know history of the Mustang and Camaro and it makes me a little sad that you know, when I was in high school, reading those, you know, feverishly reading those Camaro and Mustang shootouts, those were cars that I could realistically aspire to own, especially if I was, you know, was getting one five, ten years old. Uh, the cheapest Raptor, as you said, Tom, is going to be well above fifty k, and the TRXs, there's no twenty something kid that I know of that can realistically purchase one of these vehicles. No. What Nothing happens to street performance? You know? It, it, there really isn't,
2: or it's something small. It's something different, like a used Hyundai Veloster. Is that street performance now?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, certainly a, an N would be.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: something like that. That's As horrible. I've mentioned before, my my favorite car in my in my long history of car ownerships was a 90-horsepower Volkswagen Scirocco in which somehow I managed to get speeding tickets.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to to go back a second to uh, the the Chevy competitor, I just want to say we've been hearing some rumors about the potential of a ZR2 um, that would kind of be in that space um, from Silverado that that would... um, Potentially compete with the Raptor and the TRX, but no, no firm plans, no real announcements. And but I, again, the hope is out there, and I, I don't know if it's a real thing or not. But
0: oh, yeah, that's worth that's worth looking at. Chevy certainly has brawny V8 motors that they could mm-hmm. drop to a, an off road focused Silverado.
2: Also, if Chevy wanted to get stupid, there's no reason that they couldn't borrow. The supercharged 6.2 liter v6 that's now under the hood of the cadillac ct6 Blackwing mm-hmm. stuff stuff that under the hood what, what, what is that 760
0: horsepower ah oh, they just announced it and i can't remember that sounds right yeah yeah
2: also chevy deserves that engine back because it actually starts life in under the corvette so it's chevy's engine <laughs>
3: yeah yeah take it back take, take take it back uh, but, you know, I, I, it's, it's funny, um, you know, we were talking about this offline, and the TRX has 702 horsepower, so I, yeah. I want to make a prediction right now. Um, before we wrap this up, you're um, going to say 703. Yes, the Raptor is going to have like 703 horsepower uh, when it comes out, because, uh, they, they, you know, Ford and uh, Ram have got this great one upmanship going where somebody will say, oh, we can tow X amount. And then the next one comes out. We can tow that plus one pound. And it's just like, really, you just went up one pound. So mm-hmm. my guess is 703 horsepower.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll bookmark this and, and come back to that when...
3: Um, It'll probably right be 704. I will be off by one. I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: that's still Here's my guess. My, my guess is that right now there's a boardroom full of guys be, uh, trying to convince Mary Barra that we need to buy this thing. We need to build a 720-horsepower Silverado. <laughs> and she's like, are we going to make money on that? Because we're doing this electric car thing, and, and that's where it's going to die.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the last or maybe it'll be an electric version, like the Hummer. Um, oh. It'll be an electric version of the Silverado that is the Raptor TRX Fighter.
2: That that makes all sorts of sense. So it might be a year or two off, three years off, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it'll be electric, and then it'll be green. It'll be a.
3: <laughs> and it'll have more torque and horsepower than both the Raptor and the TRX by a lot.
2: It'll be a green TRX and, and, and Raptor Slayer. Yes. All right. It'll be
3: climate change, <laughs> taking out the TRX and the, the Raptor. Sorry, I went off So the there road. you have it,
2: Ford 450 <laughs> Raptor coming to us soon. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mark Savino of Kia about the all-new Sorento. Stick around.
1: Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast.
2: All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, this is the part of the show when I strongly, strongly suggest you follow me on Twitter. I am CarGuyTom, that is car, underscore guy, underscore Tom on Twitter. If you see a cool, rare, or old car on the road, post a picture of it. Use the CarSpotter hashtag, and I will share that with my followers. All right. He's a 15-year industry veteran with experience in engineering, market research, and product planning. Today, he's a product strategy manager for Kia and has been very busy lately getting the word out about the all-new Kia Sorento. Welcome to the show, Mark Savino.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Really happy to be here. Really excited to talk all about the, uh, the all-new Sorento. Well, Mark, thanks for joining
2: us. Where are you calling from?
1: Um, I'm here in uh, sunny today, sunny Southern California, uh, in uh, in Orange County, California.
2: It is it is currently 300 degrees below zero in Chicago. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I know. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, rub it in too rub much. In. But yeah. uh-huh. I, I grew up. I grew up in the East Coast, so I understand.
2: <laughs> yeah. No one wants to hear your sunny business right now, sir.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, man,
2: you've been a busy guy. You guys have launched perhaps one of your most important products, and it is all new. Uh, tell us what's going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is the um, the fourth generation Sorento. Um, it's about to turn 20, if you can believe it. Uh, thinking about the Kia brand, yeah, right. We've uh, we're, we're 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 maturing, and um, and so this is the the fourth gen. Completely all new platform, new powertrains. We got a new hybrid, plug in hybrid. We have an X line for something a little bit more rugged. You know, we basically, you know, we, we, we gave it a proper birthday birthday celebration for its twentieth. Now, the Sorrento
2: is an interesting vehicle. It, it, it is one of the quiet, strong sellers in the mid-size crossover segment, and I'm not sure it always makes it onto everyone's list, and I think it should, and the new car is is, is really good. Congratulations to you guys. But tell us how this plays. You guys just introduced the Telluride about a year and a half ago, which is a fantastic vehicle. It's a consumer guide best buy pick. Uh, but that is that is a bigger mid-size crossover. So you have the Telluride and you have the Sorento. How are these vehicles different and how are you positioning them?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And um, you know, a question that we get a lot and a question that we studied quite a lot prior to launching these two vehicles on the market and um, so I, I could say, first of all, um, super excited about Telluride. You know, it's, it's it's been a real runaway success for us. Um, it does mark the the first, you know, as you said, you know, big big three-row vehicle for the Kia brand. And as you can see, it's resonating. You know, I think that the, it's just the right type of size vehicle for the market for for the U.S. And and Sorrento, you know, I mentioned the sorento has been around for for quite a while, so. The, the Telluride actually is the little brother, I like to say, to Sorento, <laughs> because um, you know we've we've been uh, successful in the market for for quite a long time, um, and and we've been successful because of what you kind of mentioned. We're a little bit um, we're a little bit different, right? Because we are a bit bigger than all the common you know shortages and CRVs and RAVs on the road, right? We have the third row standard for this generation. So we have that interior flexibility, but we're also not quite so big as some of the larger vehicles like the Ride or others in the segment. So um, the customers, we, we, we talk to our customers a lot and they say they love it. It's a goldilocks size vehicle. <laughs> because they have the space <laughs> when they need it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the the just right. They have the space when they need it, and, um, but it's also, you know, easy, easier to park. Put in your garage, maneuver around town. You know, Chicago parallel parking. You know, it might be mm. a little bit easier for that. So, um, so that that's kind of how we, you know, that, that that's how we see Sorrento and we see Telluride in in the market. Um, and furthermore, you know, we have, um, you know, we're targeting to different customers. So we we see, I like to call Sorrento um, sort of the bookend, where you know, tell if you look at Telluride. That's the heart of the family right you, you, when you when you have you have know, a growing family, you need the space for for your kids for all your stuff, and you want something you know as, as big as possible. Sorrento is sort of you know maybe you have a smaller family, maybe you're just starting out right so maybe you're a little bit on the younger side and and we see that as a really uh strong customer for us, and then conversely, maybe you, you are actually downsizing maybe now. Um, you don't need so much space. Perhaps the kids are out of the house, which maybe not not quite as much these days, but um, you know, you don't need to have so much space for, for everything, but you still want something that has flexibility, something that has options. And, and we have, you know, for a customer, we, you know, a boomer customer, uh, post-family customer, um, Toronto really serves their needs well. So that's why we say, you know, kind of on the younger side, kind of the older side, and there's Telluride
0: right in the middle. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that. Uh, so we we did our road test of the the new Sorento. We got a, a hybrid model, yeah. and and I have a family of I'm a family of four. I have two uh, young boys. And as much as I like a Telluride, it's probably a little more vehicle than I my family personally would need, and w- the, our vehicle. Mm-hmm is a mazda 5 which they don't make anymore that's got a very very
1: oh, wow that's a, that's a good
0: one <laughs> yeah that's but the sorrento kind of appeals in the same way is that it does have a third row seat uh of sorts i'm not going to fit back there comfortably but my kids can and yes, with a family of four, where it's you don't constantly need a third row seat, but let's say you know a friends, you're taking home a friend's kid or two from soccer practice or what have you, you've got that capability to flip open the flip up the third row seat. You got it carry a couple more people and maybe even you, <laughs> these days it's probably a big ass to fit grandparents back there when they're in town. But, no,
2: but, it's okay.
0: You, you can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> move the kids will back to when a pair of grandparents <laughs> are in town. And yeah just and and as you said the 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 Sorrento is very space efficient within uh, appreciably smaller exterior dimensions, which does make it a lot easier to pull into a tight parking spot at the grocery store or what have you. Mm.
1: Yeah, you got it. You got it. That's right. That's right. That's that's what. That's, there it is. You, you got the you got the right size. You got the Goldie <laughs> mm-hmm. So so, Mark, say right. that. And, I, and, and, and yeah, no, go ahead. I was just about to, to kind of um, amplify one of the things that is also notable about Sorrento is that for the price point um, in that sort of slightly below Telluride segment, you know, first of all, we're the only one with three roads, right? You know, the Ford mm-hmm. edges of the world do not. And then we are, we also have a large cargo area. So, so you know, even though you're not pulling around such a big vehicle, you have um, a little bit more space even than some of the vehicles in its price class. Hmm.
2: So Mark, let, let's say that I, I am currently the owner of a five or six-year-old Honda Pilot. I love the vehicle, but it's time to replace it. I'm getting into the market. What should I know about the Sorrento? Why should I be looking at that as, as opposed to, say, replacing my Pilot with a
1: Pilot? Sure, absolutely. We, we, we'll, we'd love to have a Honda Pilot customer come on in. <laughs> um, I would say that um, for the Sorento for uh, fourth generation represents the most amount of choice that we've ever offered on the car. And, and that's why it's so great that the way we set up or the way, you know, I, I kind of envisioned the vehicle is we have, you know, we have a Sorrento for everyone and we have two kind of clear design themes. We have a very sporty look. We have like sporty bumpers, kind of gloss black trim, you know, up to 20 inch wheels. You can get that 2.5 turbo with the eight speed dual clutch. You know, that's that if you want something a little bit more driver-oriented, right? Oh. And then for the first time ever, we have this thing called the X-Line. And the X-Line is our first um, SUV application of something a little bit more rugged. And that ruggedness has worked well uh, for us with Telluride, just overall. And, you know, we're kind of expanding into Sorrento, And that has its own luck. It has its unique styling, its unique uh differentiated bumpers and kind of matte styling look, uh one inch lift for the ride height, standard all wheel drive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say, you know, what what's your preference? <laughs> right? It's kinda of like, you know, when you go to the restaurant, are you would you, you know, are you looking for the uh you know the, the the chicken, the pork or the tofu or something, you know, what <laughs> what 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 would you what would you like? Right? And and then all of the features are available on both of those trims. So that's, you know, that, that's one way of looking at it for, for a customer coming on in. And then and that's not all, because now we have the addition of the hybrid, right? So perhaps if you're a customer that is a little bit more fuel-efficient oriented, you know, maybe this is the TOFU. <laughs> um, right. <you> can, um, <laughs> the, the TOFU hybrid, um, you know, this one offers best-in-class 37 miles per gallon combined, and you're still getting 227 horsepower. You're getting a six-speed conventional automatic, not the CVC. So it makes for a really fun driving experience. So, so you know, it's kind of what you're, you know, where where do you want to look? If you want sporty, if you want rugged, if you want fun to drive, get yeah, efficient, you know, we kind of have, we have everything for that, for those customers.
3: Well, and I want to back up a little bit because you kind of glossed over something that I think is really important. Um, You you said it has some really great features. Um, And and really, I think that is one of the biggest selling points of the new Sorrento is the high-tech features that are available. And, and so I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that with, um, like I, you, you and I had talked on the phone previously when we were doing a briefing and we'd mentioned like the blind right. spot intervention. So I, I was just wondering if you could yeah. talk about some of the really cool safety and technology features that are available on Sorrento, because frankly, in my book, that's the biggest selling point.
1: Oh, great, I love it, I, I love that that you pay attention to the features, too, because those are the things that are, um, you know, all new for us and, um, you know, really, really set us apart. And it's partially because we're the new platform and that has mm-hmm. opened up. Basically, this is a state-of-the-art from the, you know, Hyundai-Kia Motor Group um, that, that we're offering on this, you know, mid-sized SUV. And um, so some of the things that I love, um, one of the first ones, you know, we were talking about the blind-view monitor, which is basically mm-hmm. when you put your turn signal on there's a camera feed that comes directly into the instrument cluster, and it will show you live view of the lanes adjacent to you on the freeway on the on the road. <laughs> so, um, so it's really cool. You know, this this feature came in on uh, Telluride and a bunch of other um, you know more premium Kia models, and and now it's really nice that for the first time we're offering it at the Sorrento level, um, and you know offering it. This, customers love the feeling of safety and security when you could see, you know, through, you know, your instrument cluster the uh, through a camera if there's any traffic in you know, a lane that you might about uh, you know you might um, merge into or, or or switch lanes. So that's a really cool one that that I think is gonna you know really set us apart. And but that's not all. <laughs> we have we have a uh, top down three sixty degree camera. We have a full digital PST meter cluster, which I love. <laughs> This one is you know, the type of thing you might see on really premium vehicles like, I think, the Audi is there, has a really beautiful one. But now it's available for, for, for a mid uh three-row <laughs> vehicle. Um, and again, it has cool um, uh, skins that change in, in accordance with your drive mode. So in a sporty mode, it has a certain look versus a comfort mode or an eco mode. Uh, so I love that feature as well. And then, uh, and then all the other safety things. You know, it's again, it's that latest generation. And I think the theme for this generation is refinement. And basically, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the the stuff that you know, you know, the lane keeping assist, the blind spot avoidance, you know, all of that has been completely redesigned to be so much smoother. And one example that I love is we have something called lane following assist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're like, well, you have lane keeping, right? And that's what keeps your car in the, the white lines, right? The, the lines on the road. But sometimes in, you know, in the past, you might get a bit of a ping pong effect, where right. <laughs> your car might right. be gearing toward one side, and then the system pulls you back in and back and forth. The lane following is this, using the camera, and is able to smooth that out. So that's like an, a great example of now you know, you're staying within the lane, but you're doing it in a much more refined and natural manner.
3: Right. Well, and, and so one yeah. other thing that you need to mention, and we haven't brought it up yet, is the fact that the um, Sorrento will also be getting a plug-in hybrid.
1: Yes, thank you, thank you. We, we could use you on our team. <laughs> 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 I love it. Well,
3: that's I'm super right. excited right. about yeah. it. Um, so, I mean, if you could just tell, you know, briefly, like when that's coming and, and what it'll be.
1: Sure, absolutely. That's right. We The plug-in hybrid is just around the corner and uh, it should be, um, its it, it, it start of production is right around the summertime, which means that by the time it arrives here in the U.S., this is built in Korea, by the time it arrives in the U.S., it'll probably be toward the end of the summer and so we're saying Q3 of this year. And plug-in hybrid is so cool. <laughs> I totally agree because there's no other plug-in hybrid in our segment, right? Mm. We're a three-row SUV. You know, if, if you want a three-row SUV with a um, uh, plug-in, I think you might have to go to, I don't know, a Volvo XC90 for, for twice the price right. of us. So, um, so it, it it just it truly is um, in a class of its own, which, which I love. And then the other thing that we've done with it is we've positioned it very high up in our lineup, so all those cool features I was talking about, right? The, right. The, the, all the cool technology, it all comes on the plug in. So, you know, we think if you want if you want a plug in already, you're probably someone who loves, you know, the latest and greatest. So, you know, let's let's do it all in. And so it's a beautiful, beautifully equipped vehicle. Um, and at the same time, you're getting thirty miles of all electric range.
3: Yeah. And that's the kicker. <laughs>
1: Thirty
3: miles. Yeah, I should have said that first. <laughs> the lead come on.
0: So, so, Mark, 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 I have a, I have a very esoteric question for you. Uh, in my time right. test driving the Sorento, I noticed the uh, interesting design of the dashboard-mounted HVAC vents, and that they <laughs> split top to bottom, and you've got it. sort of pointing up, and and. And uh, sort of vestigial uh, vents pointed uh, below, kind of at the leg level. So I'm curious. Right. It's a good-looking stylistic thing, but I'm assuming that there's a functional element of that as well. And did you have tests? Married couples in your (laughs) in your development (laughs) is that a design that like oh my wife is saying her legs are cold is 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 there (laughs) functional to those HVAC vents or is that just a stylistic This
1: is is like (laughs) the next step after dual zone. (laughs) I love it. It's a great question. It's uh it's it's one of the things I know. I remember I remember the day that we were all at um at the office. And, you know, the car just came, the prototype just came, and we were all looking at those events. <laughs> and we were like, wow, that's so different. And, um, and we had some of our styling guys. We invited them to, you know, come join the party. You know, when the, the prototype comes in, it's so much fun to all look at. And um, so the, the interior styling, the, the head of styling was there. And we started talking about the, the air vents, And he told me that the air vents um, actually uh, resemble a barbell. Like, like a weight. Oh. Like, huh. wait. right? So if you look at, so if you look at the, you know, kind of the like both of the center vents combined, they kind of, you know, together have sort of a look of a barbell to to signify the strength of, of an SUV and and uh, you know, Sorrento's <laughs> great new interior. And which I was, wow, I never, I never would have thought. And then when when he said it, then I noticed it, and I said, now I can't not notice it. Right. <laughs> And uh, wow. so it's like, so, so there's like, you know, interesting story behind the styling. And then when it comes to the cool vent, you know, as you were saying, um, yeah, I mean, it, why not have more flexibility? Why not have, you know, you can, sure. you, you always want to have, you know, like you want to uh, have air flowing all around the, the cabin. So I think it's a really cool concept. Definitely love it.
2: Yep. Mark, we are flat out of time, but we thank you for joining us today. When does the new Sorento show up in dealerships?
1: Right now. <laughs> Go now? On down. Right now, you'll, you'll see him there.
2: Excellent. Sounds good. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. We will have to have you join us again sometime soon.
1: I would love to. It was really fun talking with you guys, and uh, yeah, we'd love to, to chat in the future.
2: All right. People want to check out the new Kia Sorento. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's quiz time stick around
1: Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast.
2: All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and I'm mighty grateful you stuck around to to listen to some more Car Stuff Podcast with us. Jill, Jill, you're active on Hot Nudge.
3: Hot Nudge?
2: Yeah, how can the kids follow you there?
3: Um, That sounds a lot like Hot Fudge. And nope. I like hot fudge. But hot nudge, uh, but, uh, hot nudge um, is not necessarily something I'm super active on, but you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok at Jill Simonello. So just my name, all one word J I L L C I M I N I L L O. And uh, I do talk back. So if you tweet at me or Instagram at me or comment on something, I, I do respond. Um,
2: is that so. necessarily an incentive?
3: Um, it should be, because I'm nice, darn it, and people like me.
2: <laughs> oh, Damon, you're a nudger. I'm, what not, a nudger. I'm not a nudger.
0: I'm not, <laughs> nudge. not a nudger,
3: not
0: a hot nudger, not a cool nudger. I don't nudge. I don't, <laughs> don't wink, I don't nudge.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, What was that, a, a something winker or something last week? I don't know.
0: He's a winker. Yeah. No, uh, I am on Twitter at. Twitter, Damon. that's what. Yes, that's what. I'm on Twitter at
2: Damon Bell Likes Cars. Sounds good. Follow both of these two kids. I think you won't regret it. All right, kids, it's quiz time and inspired by just how much darn fun last week's quiz was we're going back to the shout it out format Mm. i think you know the rules you need to shout out an answer based on the clues i'm giving you if you give me a wrong answer the other person gets a free answer uh these are late model cars i've got clues for you just feel free to shout out actually shout out your name or buzz so that i can (laughs) I can be sure that the right person is answering. Well,
3: because Damon and I sound so much alike.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He can't tell us apart.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Uh
2: I've got five. I've got five new cars here for you. Uh, The Car Stuff Power Quiz is brought to you by Tom on Twitter. Follow Tom today, won't you? All right. Are you guys ready?
3: (laughs) No. All right. (laughs) Here
2: Here are your clues. Number one. This is a late model car. It's available now. First clue: Georgetown, Kentucky. Second clue: TNGA. Third clue: midsize. Fourth clue: sedan.
0: Damon. Damon, go ahead.
3: Hi. I think I was first.
0: No, you you were second.
3: Oh, whatever. I I think the viewers need to tweet at us because I was first, but go ahead.
0: Uh, I will say Camry. Oh, Damon's on the board
2: with Camry. All right.
3: I was first, and that was my answer.
2: You would have gotten it right, Jill, if you'd been first. All right.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever. And like (laughs) I said, this is stacked against me. I see how you are.
2: Uh (laughs) Mm Uh-huh. Oh, man, this... All right, the score is one to nothing in Damon's favor. This is car number two. Are you ready? Yes. Crossover. China. Redesigned for 2021. Damon. Damon, go ahead.
0: I will say Buick Envision.
2: You are correct, sir.
3: Yeah, I was going to go Volvo, so I wouldn't have even gotten that one. All right. (laughs)
2: number three are you guys ready
0: yes
3: (laughs) i'm not even going to answer anymore all
2: right here are your clues number one 181 horsepower japanese two seater two liter convertible rf
3: Oh, Jill.
2: That wasn't very enthusiastic. Jill.
3: (laughs) The the Mazda MX-5.
2: I need a full name, please.
3: Retractable Fastback Miata. No,
2: no. I meant MX-5 Miata. All right, Jill's on the board. I'm
3: like, how much more do you want?
2: (laughs) All right, Jill is now on the board. It's two to one. The game feels closer than it probably is. Uh, Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. If Damon didn't say yes, there'd just be a lot of dead air. All right. <laughs> First clue, number. Second clue, sedan. Third clue, Pentastar.
0: Dame, Damon. Damon, go ahead. Uh, I will say the Chrysler 300. You
2: are correct, sir. Mm. All right. It is three to one in favor of Damon. We are up to our last car. I hope you guys are ready. The first clue is big. Second clue is luxury.
3: Jill.
2: Jill, go ahead.
3: Cadillac Escalade.
2: No, Damon, you get a free guess.
0: Whoa. Uh, Are you going to give me more clues? No, you just get a free guess. Oh well. (laughs) (laughs) You you you, I think you said we are up to our last car
2: oh yeah don't read too much into that
0: okay Uh, (laughs) big luxury that's all I got to go on yeah Mm. well that doesn't seem like much of an advantage no Um, I guess not (laughs) now Um, I know
3: the trick is to say it after the first clue and then be wrong and then make Damon come up with an answer got it
2: well that'll be a time killer uh, big luxury what's bigger uh, is that a tv series about mormons
0: big luxury yeah it's called big love oh my bad all right the only thing that's popping into my head is bmw x7 but that's probably there's bigger things than that
2: that is not correct sir okay third clue 5.6 liter v8 japanese body on frame
0: Oh, Dave, Jill.
2: Damon, Damon Jill was that a guess because I heard you first
3: Um, I I think I know what it is I, I'll but guess again
0: alright go ahead Jill I think uh, I was first but go ahead
3: whatever because we sound so much alike Um, what I'll point? say the Lexus LX570
0: incorrect Damon uh, oh crap that was my uh, guess <laughs> I guess I will will say Toyota Land Cruiser then.
2: No, no, no. One last clue. Alpha Numeric. You can each take a stab at it, but it sounds like no one's going to get this one.
0: Uh, Could you just breeze through all the clues again?
2: Yes. Big, luxury, 5.6 liter V8, Japanese body on frame, Alpha Numeric. Uh, QX80? Yes. Damon gets the last point. There you go. All right. The score is four to one in favor of Damon. Damon takes another one. Jill, as I mentioned off air, you're not having a good year.
3: Um, (laughs) That's because, like as I mentioned off air, you're stacking these against me. I I firmly believe you're being mean to me.
2: I don't think Infinity QX80 is somehow Damon leaning.
3: (laughs) I think it is because you guys just had that, didn't you?
2: No, Uh, no. not a QX80. All right, kids, it's time for the bonus question, which we read whether or not we need to. Damon, this goes to Mm. you first this week. I hope you're ready. Damon, Good Housekeeping just published its list of the 18 best Hallmark movies to watch for Valentine's Day. Oh, no. Which of the following movie titles was not found on that list and is, in fact, a fake? Are you ready?
3: Yes. Don't kiss a guy in a Christmas sweater.
0: No.
2: No. (laughs) Love, Romance, and Chocolate? Love behind bars, very, very valentine, love at first bark.
0: Love behind bars sounds implausible, but that's probably just crazy (laughs) enough to be. can Can you read through the options again? Sure. Love, romance
2: and chocolate. Love behind bars, very, very
0: valentine and love at first bark. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say very very Valentine is the fake one. All right, Jill, Same question to you.
3: I, I was gonna say that one too, but I can't be the same. So, uh, I'll, what was the first one? Love and chocolate or something?
2: Love, romance, and chocolate.
3: Yeah, I'll go with that one.
2: Oh, you're both wrong. The <laughs> correct answer. The correct answer was love behind bars. <gasps>
3: uh, See, gone. you would have been right if you'd gone with your first gut.
2: Wow. By the way, Jill, I think you may be doing well in the bonus question category this year.
3: Because <laughs> I'm thinking very randomly? I don't know.
2: Yeah. All right, Damon. Hey, what's, what, what's going on at the CG Daily Drive blog this week?
0: Uh, we just posted uh, our first spin review of... Uh, a hotted up uh, compact SUV, that's the Mazda CX-30.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: For 2021, they've added a turbocharged version of the 2.5-liter four-cylinder. Uh, I think the previous CX-30, which launched for 2020, it launched with a 186-horsepower four-cylinder. And for 2021, mm-hmm. they've added a turbocharged 2.5, which makes up to 250 horsepower if you run it on premium gas. So uh, doesn't automatically turn that vehicle into a a super performance vehicle, but it just kind of pushes it further up market, which is what Mm -hmm. uh, Mazda is aiming to do these days. Uh, So we've got a full first spin report of that. Jill, I think you drove that vehicle as well, right?
3: Oh, I did. And I have to say, I loved it. I, I thought that Mazda, you know, in addition to the engine, they have a couple of, um, you know, turbo only features that go with it that just, I think, really make this a much more, like I always thought it was attractive, but it makes it a much more attractive vehicle for people who want luxury, but for less. And I think it tops out under or right around $35,000. So uh, I I loved everything about it, except for maybe the wheel cladding. But other than that, I really like it. <laughs>
2: We
0: Jay had a David and I were
2: just talking about the wheel cladding yesterday. So, question for you
0: guys: Does
2: this vehicle feel upscale?
0: It does. I think yeah. it's, it, it. I think it has a legitimately upscale feel. I okay. think Mazda, Mazda does have a pretty tough road to hoe in getting customers to consider it a luxury brand. But, man, mm. if you stack this, this particularly with this turbo engine and the additional features that Joe mentioned, if you stack that up against, say, a Lexus UX, mm. uh, a BMW X1 or X2, an Audi Q3, the, the Mazda stacks up very, very well in terms of horsepower. Okay. Uh, features, and certainly price. Uh, and, and But I think the challenge will be is to get the the shoppers who are looking at those luxury brands into a Mazda dealership in the first place.
2: It, it would be yeah. interesting to have a guest on the show one day to talk about brands that are in the process of repositioning themselves. We have mm. Mazda that's looking to move up market. We have Infinity that's looking to move down market. And then we have the weirdness that is Buick that sells both mainstream and then premium products under the same brand umbrella. And and it's all just a little bit confusing. And I don't know that customers are actually following what's happening there, but but yeah. anyway. That's just my two cents. Damon, what else is going on?
0: Uh, we, we finally got a, a great full test drive of the Corvette Stingray Coupe of the C8. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to take that vehicle on a long road trip, uh, so uh, got a lot of impressions of that. Uh, man, that looks pretty... I'm coming around to the styling of the C8. It is such a mm-hmm. steep change from the the previous front engine Corvettes, uh, but the test vehicle we had is in seabreen orange tint coat. Um, and yeah, it's a it's... Uh, is looking better to my eyes, and from behind the wheel, it's just a spectacular vehicle, no two ways about it. So we've got a full test drive of that. Um, speaking of GM vehicles, we did, Tom, you did a review flashback of a vehicle that, man, it feels like it has not aged very well. That's the uh, the, Hummer, the Hummer H2. Even though things are shifting, you know, back to SUVs in a lot of ways, this h2 feels like such an anachronism just over a decade later
3: but but you know i really see the um gmc hummer ev in this
0: definitely yeah you can kind of see how the new hummer pulled some design inspiration from this original h2
2: the Homer thing was so weird when it came out. It was It was initially a pretty big um, success, and it sold more than they could produce initially. Remember, these weren't built by GM 4 GM. they had AM General building them in Indiana. Mm-hmm. so there were some production delays, I think, or some production constraints. But man, this car had a really this truck had a really rough ride. Um, it, it was quickly scorned for its terrible fuel economy and its general hugeness. And, and then when big, big gas prices hit, when gas hit 450 in Illinois, this thing just looked dopey. And somehow the buyer base for this never turned in to be sort of like the the conquest jeep buyers i think that general motors was looking for and it was more with guys with hats on backwards and oakley sunglasses <laughs> and that, that's oh. not really good for with,
0: your brand with, with dubious taste and customized oh
2: yeah right. i was looking when i wrote that piece the review flashback i was looking online um, and you can find these all day long for fifteen to twenty grand. So there's some collectability here, or at least some demand. But there's a lot of them with a ridiculous amount, like several thousand pounds of really goofy add-on crud, and <laughs> people are asking fifty, sixty grand for them. And you know this is never going to happen.
0: Well, good luck with that. <laughs> you know. Oh man. Very, very. It's, it'll be interesting to see, though. I mean, that is the H two is certainly. Uh, a, a time capsule vehicle and says a lot about the early to late first decade of the new millennium. It does. Yeah. For for that reason, I could see H twos being in, you know, astute car collectors' collections and maybe even museums in the future. Maybe as kind of a cautionary tale, but, <laughs> but remembered nonetheless.
2: You know? All right. Kids, we've run completely out of time as we do. But remember, everyone, you can reach us here at CarStuff at ConsumerGuide.com. Thanks to our guest today, Mark Savino of Kia. Thanks as always to Jill Simonilla and Damon Bell. You guys are the best. This big special thanks to producer Lady B and the good folks here at WCPT AM 820 in Chicago. We appreciate you keeping us on despite this silly little uh, pandemic thing. And a special nod to my radio mentor, Stephen Johnny. Hey, let's talk more about cars again next week.